Hi, and thanks for tuning in. This is Donna Simintov. I'm recording now for my second time, and this is a podcast that I'm very proud of because it is the first podcast that I'm working on alone. I've been trying more and more lately to do things on my own, independently, without relying on others and using others as a crutch or as assistance. I think it's just getting to that point of my life where I want to figure out like who I am and what I'm capable of and not always doubting myself and thinking I could only do something if I have someone standing right next to me, which is, I think, something a lot of us struggle with. I know that I definitely, for the big part of my life, was always inhibited and needing to, you know, have somebody with me or somebody holding my hand or walking me through it. And I'm just trying more and more at this point just to like take chances and put myself out there and risk failure and just sort of not care, I guess, which is like a huge leap of faith just to not care, just to say, I got this and if it doesn't go well, so be it and not be too overly concerned with everyone's, you know, opinions, which is, which is hard. It's a very hard thing to do. So let me give you a little background about who I am and what my mission is with these podcasts. Um, I am an educator by profession. I have been for over 20 years. Um, that in and of itself is an incredibly interesting story that, you know what, might as well share it. This is a good forum to share things, right? Um, I basically went through college not really knowing what I wanted to do, which in retrospect is so funny because now that I'm raising kids of my own and we're already talking about, so what do you want to do or what do you want to be? I think I just was always a little bit of a dreamer. And I think that I was always someone who assumed that I would just figure it out one day. You know, when was that one day? I don't know. And so I went through college just taking classes in psychology, which was always something that I was interested in. And so that was my major. Uh, And then when I was practically ready to graduate college, I was also practically engaged and engaged to someone who was getting ready to start law school. And so the next few years, we were going to need to be supported by yours truly which is so ironic because I had never even held down a real job up until that point. Like I had been a counselor and um, I had done some telemarketing, but that was about my experience, you know, with working. So here I am suddenly going to be married and going to be needing a job and going to be supporting, you know, myself and my husband. And I was like, okay, wait, maybe I should be a teacher. And that sort of That was sort of the way I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, I love kids and I love public speaking and I'm very animated. I've always been a great actress. You know, you got to have all those um, attributes to get in front of a room full of kids. Um, And so I kind of went with that, you know, so that's what's so funny when you think back to the way things work out. And I was trying to get a job at the time I lived in Brooklyn. I ultimately ended up going to this job fair where there were just like like hundreds of principals from all over the place just interviewing everyone and this one principal like called me over as I was walking by and sat me down and was asking me so what's your experience and of course I didn't have any and I just had to like sell myself and just let him know how much I believed in myself and how great I would be and he should give me the opportunity and he did he 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 did like I till this day I am so grateful to Mr. Mark Spiliopoulos. I wish I wish that he was listening and I wish that I could just give him a shout out because honestly, he believed in me at a point where I really did not even believe in myself. 
And he gave me a job as, as a teacher. It was my first job teaching. It was in a junior high school, public school in Brooklyn. I taught sixth grade. It was so eye-opening and it made me fall in love with the profession. Um, that job was the beginning of what would be up until today, as of now, a 20-year career. And I have loved every minute of it. And so it's just funny how things fall, how things fall into place. But so I, I started off teaching there in that public school. Ultimately, we moved out to Long Island and I started working in a different school, in a private school. And so it's just been really incredible. I, at the same time, always loved, you know, life coaching and motivational speaking. And about a year ago, a very close friend of mine had told me that, you know, she and a bunch of other women had been attending seminars and that they had hired somebody to do a seminar, but that it hadn't gone the way they had hoped. And she asked me if I would, in fact, you know, do the seminar. At that point, the topic was marriage and intimacy. And without missing a beat, I said, absolutely, I would be thrilled to do that. And just like that, I started giving seminars. I immediately realized that making connections with people, you know, in a smaller group setting, being able to inspire people, being able to take people who are maybe struggling with something and just give them some strength and some motivation and some skills to walk away feeling like they could handle their situation a little bit better, a little bit easier with a little bit more finesse or a little bit more grace or just a little less anxiety. All of these things just made me feel so fulfilled and so good. And I saw right away that I had an incredible connection with people so much so that honestly, like seminars that were supposed to be an hour were just going for four hours um, because I couldn't walk away. I was feeling so great and it was so wonderful. And at the same time, I also started seeing um, seeing clients privately as a life coach. And that was just also like something that I just love. So I guess all of these changes in my career lately and all of these, you know, new things that I'm that I'm experiencing, it, it's, it's enlightened me so much and it's given me so much insight into human beings, human nature, you know, our strengths and our and our struggles and my own strengths and struggles, because something I've been asked a lot in the past year is, so Donna, you know, since you've been doing this, do you find that your own life has become so much greater? Do you find that your own marriage is so much stronger? Do you find that you're like the most incredible mom? And the truth is that it's so interesting that at, at the end of the day, we all have the same struggles. So you could give the most incredible advice, but at the same time, you're a human being and you're going to continue to struggle with your personal struggles. And so the answer is, on the one hand, yes, because of course, the more motivated you are and the more you're you know, involved in inspirational ideas and in, in connecting with God and connecting with a higher power, yes, it's going to affect you as a person. It's going to make you feel better. But the truth is the day in and day out, you know, difficulties and, and stresses of life affect me the same way they affect anyone. And I think that's just what makes us human and that's what makes us relatable and that's what makes us, you know, connect. I, I have made so much incredible friendships. I've made so many incredible connections this year with people. And I think what's really struck me is how much we really all have in common. I know it's such a trite thing to say, oh, we all have you know, more in common than we do have different, but it's really true. It's like you, you see people that are from different backgrounds. You see people that are different um, from different religions or people that are religious or people that are not religious or people that come from different walks of life, people that are married, people that are single. 
people with children, people without children, someone who's struggling because they can't pay their bills and somebody else who, who's struggling with health issues. It's like each and every one of us at the end of the day, we are all so much more alike in the sense that we just all are searching for peace and serenity. We're all searching for a way to just find that balance where we could just, you know, like exhale and say, okay, this is okay. I'm doing okay. And that's what's been so been so interesting to me that I think I was someone who's always very quick to judge, um, always very quick to make assumptions about people. I thought that I could get a, you know, a glimpse of someone's life and make a judgment. I really did. I thought like I was a good judge of character and I would make a decision based on what I saw in a, in a small span of time. And, and I think what I've started to realize with so much clarity is that every single person, every single one of us has something that, 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 that's difficult for us, has some challenge and something in our lives that we're dealing with. And we may not present it to the world. We may not share it with everybody. It's something that's very personal to us. So what we present to everyone else may look perfect, may look like that beautiful, shiny, wrapped up gift that's just waiting with the ribbon on top. You know, you see these, listen, let's be honest. We see these people, we see these couples, we see these moms, we see these children, and they could just seem so perfect, right? We see them at a wedding. They just look so happy and so wonderful. Or we see them on social media, which is obviously the biggest, biggest fallacy because to look at anybody um, on social media, which is exactly the way they want to be presented, is obviously not an accurate representation of their real, you know, their real life. But like, really, the truth is, is that what's so interesting about it is not just the idea that, oh, misery loves company, you know, like, oh, great, everyone else is unhappy, wonderful, we're all, we're all a bunch of unhappy people. No, not at all. It's not that. It's just the idea that I am not alone. You are not alone. You know, recognizing that each and every one of us, no matter our, our status financially or the big fancy job we have or the big beautiful fancy house we have or the great, the incredible figure we have or the fantastic children we have, I mean, you name it, whatever it is, we're really all the same. We're all the same. And it's sometimes easy to forget that. And I think that's what causes so much unhappiness with people is this, this like fallacy that I'm feeling down or I'm struggling with such and such, but everybody else is happy or happier than me or better off than me or luckier than me. It's not true. It's not true. And what, what's, so, what's so sad is that because of social media, it's become something that's like such a in-your-face kind of thing that you can't avoid to the point where my, my daughter, who's a preteen now, is, is seeing it and feeling it also. And everybody seems to just have everything and, and just have it all. And I always tell her, I'm like, honey, no one has it all. You may not know someone else's struggle. They may not want you to know. And you may not know, and they might not be even having a struggle at this exact moment, but throughout a person's life, everybody encounters something difficult. So, so the goal is not to be, you know, consumed with other people's, you know, misfortune, but just to have an awareness that we all have something difficult because that awareness will allow you to stay focused on you. And not to constantly be looking at what this one has, what that one has, how much happier are they, how much better looking are they, how much wealthier are they, how, you know, because you are living your life. You are not living anyone else's life. 
So the only thing you can do, the only real control that you have in this life is to stay focused on your own situation, how you can improve it, how you can make the best of it, how you could find happiness despite it. That's it. That's it. It's that day-to-day idea of waking up in the morning and recognizing how fortunate you are for the blessings you do have and then deciding how to cope and deal with your difficulties in the most optimal way for you. I have found that by coaching and by giving seminars, it has brought me such connections with other people and it's really inspired me to the point where I have a deep, I have a deep-rooted desire at this point to spread that message in like just a wider array, which is why I wanted to do these podcasts because I want to reach as many people as I can and just get the word out there to everyone that whatever you're dealing with, don't think that you're alone and don't think that you're less fortunate or less loved by God or that you're just ignored or you know, you're some victim in some way. Because I want you to understand and I want you to believe me when I tell you that you are just as wonderful, just as loved, and just as fortunate. It's just a matter of perspective. It is a matter of understanding how to focus in on the beauty in your life and how to focus in on where you are right now in your life and don't get too caught up in what you're still hoping to achieve or what you haven't achieved yet. That's just gonna that's just gonna paralyze you into a point where you're gonna be motionless. You're gonna be so caught up in you know past and future that you're gonna miss out on the present. And I spoke about this recently um, when I was talking about it on Instagram, but I'm gonna talk about it again for a minute. We we waste not spend we waste so much of our time worrying about the future that it is a sin. We have no idea what tomorrow brings. We have no idea what's in store. And you have to have that realization. You have to have that you have to have that wake up call to say to yourself, stop thinking about anything other than right this minute. You know, there's this incredible this incredible story that I've often shared with my students because actually it is a children's story, but like so many children's stories, it can be relatable to like everyone and anyone, and I read it to my students because it moves me. It inspires me to be an incredible teacher. And this, the idea of the story is, is that there's this boy who's trying to figure out what is the point? What is the point of it all? What is he doing? What is what should he be doing? What should he be focusing on? Who should he be spending his time with? And he goes throughout the story, speaking to different animals, you know, getting all of their opinions on on where he should be, what he should be doing, and what he should be focusing on. And throughout the story, he encounters different challenges. And he ultimately comes to realize that the answer to his question is what you're supposed to be doing is whatever you are currently doing. And when are you supposed to be doing it? Right now. And who should you be doing it with? Whoever is in your life. This story is really the point of everything. We're always so busy looking for the next big thing or we're looking for the next end goal or we're looking for the next success or we're looking for the next excitement, you know, the next vacation. We're looking for the next paycheck where really what we should be doing is staying focused on this moment in time, this exact moment. Whoever I'm with, if I'm with my students, give them all I've got. Give them all of my attention. If I'm with my family, give them all I've got. Give them all I can offer. Give them all of my love. 
if I'm with my spouse, if I'm with my friends, if I'm with my coworkers. Whatever moment you find yourself in, that's the pivotal moment. That's the moment to turn to the people around you and make it important, make it funny, make it special. That's, that's the whole goal of life is not to be consumed with what's coming because we don't know what's coming and we can't control what's coming. And at the same time, not to be caught up with what's already passed because that's another tremendous you know, disservice we do to ourselves is we get so caught up in our regrets and our, our, our feelings that we missed out on something, that we made bad decisions. It could be that we did. No one's saying that we didn't make a bad decision. No one's saying that we could have done something different. No one's saying that we didn't make a big mistake. But you have to forgive yourself and move on. God forgives you. Every day that you wake up, God forgave you. Every morning that you open your eyes, God forgave you. So if God can forgive you, why are you still holding on to it? You need to forgive yourself and move on. It is, it is the worst possible sin to stay focused constantly on the past and on the future because those are things, those are, those are times that are never ever going to be available to you. The only time that's available to you is the current time. So use that time. Use that time in a way that's going to benefit you. Use that time to have positive thoughts. Use that time to make others feel happy. Use that time to, you know, motivate yourself, inspire yourself, take care of yourself so that you can be better to all the people in your life. So I guess my, my, my message and my, and my whole point of this podcast is just to let you guys out there know that I would love for you to tune in again and again. And I'm hoping I'll be able to do podcasts again and again because I so badly just want to like, you know, talk to you about living your life in a meaningful way, living your life to the fullest possible potential. And I'm really hoping to like bring on, you know, guest speakers where we could just talk about different, you know, approaches and and techniques to go throughout your day so that each day could be meaningful, each day could be fun, each day could be a moment where you have appreciation for all that you do have and you don't get too caught up in what you don't have and what you're still desiring. Remember, life is a journey. Life is a journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. Because don't wait for the ride to be over and then say, oh shoot, it's over. I should have enjoyed it. Now is that time. Now is that time to enjoy it. So please tune in again. I would love to hear from you. Any feedback is appreciated. So till next time, this is Donna Simintov. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Good Sign with me, your host, Donna Simintov, and I am so happy to be back. It's been a bit of time since the last podcast, as life will have it, things are always busy and crazy and, and, and just, you know, life. I'll leave it at that. And so being here today and sitting here with one of my most favorite people is so happy for me, so exciting for me, and I just know that it's going to be an amazing, amazing conversation because it always is. And I'm so happy to welcome you here, my beautiful friend, Malky Gordon-Hirsch. Thank you. Thanks for having me back again. <laughs> Malky, it is clearly a compliment because this is our third podcast. Yeah. And we were just figuring out the time frame. And yes, it's been number three. And this is going to be three for three years. Yep. So that our first was, um, we figured out just about a year. Yes. Right? Yeah. Just about a year after. It was... January of 
2020. It was January of 2020. So it was nine months after. It was nine months. Mm -hmm. And then we met again a year later, which was... December 2021. Correct. And here we are again. Yep. And boy, how things progress. Yeah. And As they should. As they should. But in a good way. Of course. But in a good way, because I would have been here anyway because of our once a year podcast. Would you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Even if things didn't look the same. 100%. Okay. But what got me to call you on that specific day was, obviously I heard about your engagement. Yeah. And congratulations is an understatement. (laughs) Thank you. And of course I got in touch with you to let you know I was thrilled for you, but then... You know, of course, your weekly article mm-hmm. happened to have been sitting on my table, and it was Friday morning. It wasn't even Shabbos yet, but mm-hmm. I just glimpsed at it. Right. And this one line that you wrote in there, because the entire article was about winter vacation. Winter break wonders. That was the, that yes. was the week. Yeah, yes. sure. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was skimming it to see any information about this exciting <laughs> engagement. And I'm skimming, and I'm skimming, and I'm hearing about the hikes and all kind of great adventures. Uh-huh. And at the very end, there's one line that says, okay, I know you're wondering why I'm not discussing the engagement. I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, does she know I'm reading this? And then you said, but we're just going to take this time to process on our own. Yeah. And when I read that, I thought, yeah, it's time for a podcast. Okay. And here you are. And here I am. Sitting in my 14-year-old son's bedroom among all of his stuff. I have to tell you, this is the coziest, most intimate <laughs> podcast interview I've ever done. But I feel super comfortable with you doing this. So like let's this. get under the blanket. Oh my God. Why not? And I should have come in pajama had I known. By the way, Malky, right. but I want to tell you, it's part of what makes you very lovable. And I really mean that. Like, Thanks. you know, I don't see you often. No, we certain, never see each other besides for this. And I don't even know how that's possible because I'm in Gourmet Glad every day and so are you. It's so crazy. So it's odd. That's so funny that we've never met We there. should make appointments in certain aisles yes. at least you know the oh chicken God, aisle so yeah. but I, I have to say that there's and I'm sure many people tell you this but you're just so easy to love you're so like what you see is what you get and you make people feel comfortable and yeah it's it's really remarkable I love Thank that you. about you I Thank really you. do and that's why I was so excited when you said yes to the third podcast I'll always say yes yeah but what we just said before we started recording mm-hmm. was that this is going to be a forever thing mm-hmm. like once a year, we're yep. going to be together, and mm-hmm. we're going to touch base. And, of course, the excitement is that it's always going to be about good and exciting endeavors and milestones. I feel like there's always good and exciting milestones, and I think people tend to do what they do best, and it's always focused on the negative and burdensome parts of life, and they can't even help it. I do it, I do it myself, too, but sometimes I catch myself and I think to myself, think about all the good that you have. And I did it even when, when Maishi died. Like, it, could, it was maybe a few weeks after. There was a, a stage of, you know, my grief that was just about, why me? Why this? Why me? You know, so there are so many people in this world. Why me? Why me? With these children, with their ages, why me? And then I just started thinking to myself, but look at all you have. Look at all you have still. Look at how much you have to be thankful for. And I, I do think you're right. I mean, I know that we definitely all have a tendency to focus on the negative of because you do. because the negative is painful. It hurts. It's yeah. almost like I think I compare it to actual physical pain. Like you could have all all your limbs and all your body parts working beautifully, right? Yes. But if your arm hurts, your entire day is focused on the pain. If you have a headache, your whole day is focused on the head pain. You could say, "Well, ignore the head pain. You have your you have your ability to walk and talk and digest, but Absolutely. it doesn't work that way." And I think emotional pain is very similar. That. We, we have so much to be grateful for, but there's something that hurts. And it's learning how to 
sort of manage that pain in a way that it doesn't I guess overtake I think that people else. that yes absolutely I think that people that go through the type of grief that we went through have this new ability to compartmentalize their feelings like I think most people don't know how to do and it's a survival tactic that you create when you actually need to get through the day and you don't know how you're going to do it and now we're going back almost three years ago mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, three years went by slowly, went by in a blink? People are funny when <laughs> they'll ask me how long it's been or it'll come up in conversation. Um, they'll never be like, how long's it been? But it'll come up in a conversation somehow. And even me, I have this weird, um, th- this weird experience of thinking both things about this event in our life that happened, about how three years has happened so fast, come upon us so fast, and how some some days have been the slowest. And it's weird how you can have that feeling about one event and have two vastly different feelings about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the same event. Yeah, like simultaneously. Exactly. I think you people feel the same about parenting. Some days they're just like, I'm never going to get through this. Yeah. You know, and then you turn around and your kid has graduated from college or getting married and all of a sudden you're an empty nester. It's the same kind of thing. Like there were days where I was like, it's never going to end. And then a year would pass and I'd be like, where did it go? So So does that mean as time goes, the grief goes with it? Grief definitely takes different shapes. It changes all the time. And you'd have to be very self-aware to notice the changes because it's like like feelings that you have to just be hyper aware of of they're they're subtle sometimes they're not major changes you know um but did you notice did you notice in yourself at a certain point like wow i'm not i'm not breaking down every day or a hundred percent or today i didn't even think about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or i could i could think about it and still be okay yeah and not break down in tears. Right. And at first, it could be me being able to control it in Gourmet Lot, whereas in the beginning, I wouldn't be able to control it. And then, yeah, it definitely, it improves. And I don't think, I think that, you know, and I've, I've made it a point, and I've written about this also, I've made it a point to visit Shiva houses specifically um, with people that have, are experiencing sudden loss, you know? I mean, I, I, I think that, it really is my calling and it's my responsibility as somebody that went through this at 38 to go visit women that are in a very similar Parsha to me, which means that they have young kids. It happened very suddenly and honestly, they don't know which end is up. And I say to them, you might not want to hear about this now, but I will come to you months from now too and remind you of this conversation we had. It's going to get easier it'll get better. It has to. It will. And it's it's so encouraging when you hear from someone who's been through it because I'm sure many people say that, right? Yeah. But when you hear from somebody who's been through it themselves, you really believe it. You have to. You the only thing that you have is is people around you that have been through it. It's you latch on to these people like they are your lifeline. They're your lifeline. Like knowing that whatever you're going through in life, mm-hmm. Whatever the, whatever the difficulty is, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Of course. 
you know, and that you, you're not alone, that other people have gone through it and they've survived. I'm so, I swear to you, that was the only thing that I had in the beginning. I would see women that, you know, had would come to visit during Shiva or even after Shiva. They would, you know, contact me privately and come here and be like, I am, I am standing in front of you. I'm visiting you. I'm going to leave and I'm going to go grocery shop. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to go out with my friend tonight. I'm doing all these things and I'm doing them despite the challenges I've had in my life and I'm happy and my kids are well-rounded and they're happy and they go to school every day and they do well and we're okay. Yeah, I think that's a big part, hearing that your kids are going to be okay. That was the biggest thing Right, because your pain is like just surrounded by their pain. The pain is transferable and especially as a parent that, you know, especially for like my role in this relationship, which I really do feel was... I'm not going to say limited, but I was the homemaker. You know, I always had a part-time gig, but I was the one raising these children, you know? But it was on condition that he would come home at night and help me. And he was always helping me, even when he was in the office for 10 hours a day. I knew at 7.30, 8 o'clock, he'd be back and he'd take the reins. I could just, like, have a little time off, a little breathing room. And then that went. That was gone all of a sudden, you know? And you're suddenly on 24 hours a day. Yeah. And how can you not transfer that kind of anxiety and sadness and fear for the future to your children? And that's like the hardest part, I feel like. Like your kids, not your kids, I feel like kids in general, general. like when they see mom's okay, they're okay. That's what I learned very early, that I didn't want to scare my children. And I tried to be empathetic and think for a second about what it is they must be feeling now. I try to put myself in their shoes, even though I still have two parents. I have a mother and a father. They're in their late 60s. I am 40 years old. You know, I can't even know what it feels like, what kind of pain that is to lose your father and to get called out of class in the middle of a Wednesday without any warning and be sent home and be told to sit in a bedroom. And then your mother and a social worker come in and she tells you the news. How? How do you move past? How do you move on from there? How have they moved on from there? I mean, kids are very resilient. So I'd have to attribute it to to that. I don't know if it's a genetic thing. I don't know what it is. But kids are incredibly resilient. And I am so thankful for that. But I also think a very large part of it is that whole transferable, you know, thing we were talking about. How let's say they'd come home and... I'd be in my room, in bed, and they'd come home and see that I couldn't function and I couldn't be their parent. Do I think I'd have very different children today? Absolutely. I do. But when they came home, I was like, how was your day? I Guys, I made your favorite dinner. I listened to you this morning. This is what you wanted. This is what we're having. What do kids need already? Yeah. When they come home. They need a routine. They need a smile. A loving mom and a routine. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what that's what they craved. And so do you feel now, <clears throat> excuse me, now looking at them, obviously now we're talking about three years. Yeah. And they were young. Yeah. So their ages now, I mean, do they do they have strong recollections? Do they remember? Do they talk about it? Like how have they adjusted to this? Have do they just that they discuss like my she in general? Yes, yes. They will reminisce. They will talk about like memories about, you know, different like things that we did together as a family. But it's never the type of thing that took place in the, 
you know, three years ago after it happened, kind of like when they would be like, I miss Tati. Where is he? I want to talk to him. It's none of that. It's just like, remember when we went to Puerto Rico and Tati like surprised like that? It, it, it's like a totally like it's a positive, loving memory. It's not about I wish we could have what we can't have. So, and they might still feel that way. They might still think to themselves in their minds, I wish we could see him again. I wish we can hug him again. But, you know, I think that, like, their lives are full with such, you know, love busy and, and good. love. And, yeah. yeah, a bunch of different things that they might think it, but maybe it's more of a fleeting thought. Mm-hmm. And they don't have even time to say it. You know, do you feel like because of their different ages, there was a tremendous difference in the way they reacted? Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. I, I, I don't even know. I didn't even know what to expect because I'm just a parent without a, a PhD. <laughs> but I know now from just life experience that children, I mean, depending on their ages, grieve very different very differently. My two little ones were one and a half and four, and there wasn't much of it. They they would mention it a few times. Rosie has very little memory of him. And she, how could she? She was a baby. She's a baby, yeah. right? Um, and the other three, Yosef in the middle, he was eight. So he was sort of like touch and go yeah you know and the two older ones took it really really hard really really hard and you know I mean to this day they still obviously they'll always talk about their father but um I think that the longing for him the missing him has been also lightened like the load has been lightened just by the happiness that we have in our life you know thank god yeah so so then let's let's like move on then. So then how does that how does that then affect them as you're moving into the dating part of your life? Oh gosh. So I'm not going to tell you that I told them when I would be going on dates because I thought to myself, well, I mean, if it's a first date, no, until they don't it's have something, to know. right. Except right. I met Jeremy in the summer, a week after they went to camp. <laughs> This past summer. Yes. <clears throat> okay, and Jeremy is your... Fiancé. For those of us that don't know. Yes. Okay. Yes. So... So they, um, weren't, they weren't around. They weren't around, and so... And by I the think, time they came back, it was already... <laughs> by the time they came back, we were, like, really dating, you know? And you hadn't mentioned it to them, because they were I away. I hadn't. Right. And then they came back, and I was like, so, guys, um, I've got some news, you know? And, listen, it was a good... I would say we dated for seven months before he asked me to marry him but I would say you know the first couple months it was sort of just the timing of it was so perfect because um I had time yeah I was gonna just say you didn't have them all on top of you yes yes and I actually told him when we were dating in the summer I was like just so you know this is not my life my house never (laughs) looks like this okay don't be deceived two little kids sitting at the table eating dinner then they go to bed (laughs) he's like I can handle this yes you're like there's a few more coming home (laughs) he's like how many more (laughs) yeah pretty much you know um and he also was in a different parsha than me he was you know um he had already had his raised his four children. His youngest was in college, and he had two kids that were married with children themselves. Um, so, so he's older than you. He's ten years. Yeah, yeah, ten years older. Um, and it's not something I ever considered even looking for. You were looking for guys your age. Yes, yes, I was looking for guys actually in my same 
situation. Like with kids. like like maybe somebody widowed or divorced with yes. children. Yes. You yes. never imagined dating never. somebody older who never. had no young never. children at home. No, no, no. Firstly, I thought to myself, what crazy guy would take this on? There'd have to be something crazy about him. Absolutely. He'd and have you to be crazy. And you don't want crazy. I don't want crazy. <laughs> I had I had so normal, it was scary. Yeah. So I, I was looking for that same vein. Like on your list of, of requirements, number one was normal. Not, cra- not crazy. <laughs> exactly. Left a very broad, uh, vague description. So, you know, the first time we spoke, he messaged me on a Thursday night. And um, I had seen And you met p- on a dating website? It was JWED. Yeah. So you were on dating websites. I was. You weren't against that idea. I some people had are. no choice. You had would, no choice. I'm saying you didn't want to just leave it to like word of mouth. I tried for a good year. And nothing happens that nothing. way. And, you know, therein lies the flaws of the shidduch system right Big there. Big time. Big time because I think that the shadchanim will um, help the people that will benefit the most. Mm-hmm. The people that will pay the highest price. The people that are the most well-known. And that leaves people. many, many incredible human beings left to just fake for themselves. For the, yeah. In pain. Yeah. In pain. And Waiting for the phone to ring. Yes. And I needed somebody. And we all know many people like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I needed people more than anything else. I needed people to call me and say, how about this guy? And even if it wouldn't be for me. Just to know just that there say. was a potential. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So you on your own decided to join these sites? Yes. Okay. And I figured it would be a fun on, distraction. Yeah. You know, if, if was nothing it fun? else. Was it fun? It was fun. It took my nights and it made it something... Something. There was an excitement suddenly. Yeah. Where where there had been a void. There's an excitement of meeting somebody new. Yeah. Even having a few conversations. Yeah. Even if we don't agree, it could be in a plethora of ways. Either, you know, we, we have not the same religious values. Or it could be, you know, um, he can't move from the state he lives in because of the custody agreement he has with his ex-wife. Even if or, there's no potential. Uh, there, it's some. It's a connection. Yes. And you know, people need connection. Yes. They do. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, even when my kids were being happy and and they were everybody was good here, I still felt a tremendous void you in felt, myself. You felt lonely. Of course, I was lonely. Yeah. Because you want companionship. Absolutely. And so you met him on a site. Yes. He reached out to you. Yes. And initially, let's start with that. Initially, you read his profile. I read his profile. His age and, and I said his age. I saw yeah. his age, and I was like, wait, that's old. But then I thought to myself, who are you to judge what's old and what's not old? It, listen, it's nine and a half years, okay? I've heard that before, you know? Yeah. And but I also think it's different, like, not to judge anybody's decisions, but I feel like when somebody's, let's say, 19, marrying a 30-year-old, there's a big, totally major age gap life. in Absolute, stage. Whereas, you know, at our stage of life, we're both, you know, in our 40s. Yes. Um, I don't know. We're already smart and sophisticated, and so are 50-year-olds. Absolutely. We've all lived life, And I you know? think that there's a major advantage now, knowing that the things that I will agonize over with my children, with child-rearing child spe- like specifically, that he'll be like, he'll, <laughs> I'll discuss something with him, and he'll be like, this? Nah. Like, been there, done yes. that. It's all good. He ha- yes, he has that knowledge, because he has that under his belt. He's already done this. So his, his so his children are how, are how, how many kids and how old are they? four kids. Okay. Two boys, two girls. Um, they're in their 20s. Um, he, Any of them married? Yes, two daughters. So he's a grandfather. He two, yes, he's a grandfather. So now he you're is, kind of a grandmother? <laughs> Wait a minute. I did not realize. You're a grandma. Yes. <laughs> Congratu- well, I, I will be. Congratulations. I will be. God willing. Thank you. <laughs> it was way less painful. <laughs> 
And you don't have to even make the wedding. You don't have to go through the births. It's amazing. They cry. You get them. This is a dream. It's amazing. It's ideal. I think this is the reason that parents are so excited to be grandparents because they don't actually have to do anything. No, Malky, this is crazy. I know. It's funny because the first conversation we had when I saw his age, um, I said to him, this is a long shot, I know, and I haven't met you yet, but I'm just thinking that you might have a grandchild the same age as my my daughter. Does he? He does. He does. Same age. As your littlest, Rosie. Yes. Which in a way is nice. It's really funny. Yeah. It's cute. So so how long did it take you to say, I don't care about this age? Oh, like... A minute? Yeah. A minute. Yes. Is that because you met him and liked him? Yes. Oh. Well, you know, um, it, it happened, you know, it was very funny, I think... There are guys that take on different types of, um, I guess, identities, you would say, on a dating app. Some of them are just in it. Like, the same thing goes for real estate. Some people just, like, go house hunting, and they're just sort of, like, browsing. Yeah. They're not serious. Yeah. You know, same thing goes on a dating uh, dating app. There's a protection because you're behind a screen. You don't have to show the person you really are, and you don't have to tell them that you're really serious about mm-hmm. anything. You could just be window shopping. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing that. He was actually really serious. He was actively looking. He was actively someone. looking, and I wasn't expecting it because it went from talking a few times to FaceTiming because he was not, you know, local, and then it was making a plan to come in a couple of weeks later when we were still talking and then it just sort of like snowballed from there. I want to ask you something. Mm -hmm. Did you know right away? Did I know right away? Yeah. I can't even tell you. I had a feeling. I had like a feeling, like the same kind of feeling I had with Maishi. Like this was like a, this is a good one, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think that when you come across enough men... That are not good ones. You... You you, could spot it. You you feel it. You could spot it and you're just like, that this is something. This is something. I don't know where it's going to go, but I I trust this one. This is a good one. Yeah. You know? Um, no games. Just just good. Just good. Real. Real. Responsible. Like a man. Um, not, tra- not traumatized. Wait, so what's his situation? He was divorced? divorced. Mm-hmm. So how does it work then, a second a second marriage? So now the two of you both have, you're both coming with your past experiences. Yeah. He has a divorce behind him. You have what you went through, <laughs> yeah. how how do you both communicate that to each other in a way that makes you understand each other of where you've come from and By who communication. you are and just a lot of talking? <laughs> Absolutely. Constantly. And um, I think that what is such a novelty, uh, I think it depends on everybody's relationship, but I think that, you know, when a man comes from a, uh, a marriage where communication wasn't the norm when he embarks on a new relationship it's like redoing your house like when you decide like oh that room was too small and this one is too big let's just like like move the wall Mm -hmm. to make it more Mm -hmm. accommodating for our lifestyle yeah it's the same kind of thing it's like when you know what your relationship was like beforehand and you know what you're looking for because you knew it was lacking you know you're going to be very Aware, so are you to a not believer make the same then? mistakes? Okay, so that's a huge that's a huge thing. Are mm-hmm. you a believer then that a second marriage could be just as strong, if not stronger, than a first because you're smarter or it, you've it's going to take on a different role because it has to because we're not we're not doing the same things. I had a family with my she, and we were raising a family, and we had a lot of the same morals. Our values were in line. We, you know, but it's not to say that it can't be as strong or stronger. Absolutely. Statistically, I know that it's very, very difficult to blend. And I think that I'm very lucky in the sense that essentially I don't have to. 
because he's not bringing children exactly. to this um, yeah to this family yeah and and as much as I would love his children to be here course. their life stage is yes. completely different <laughs> the and chances listen. of his kids with their kids coming maybe they'll come for a meal well of but they're not moving in they're not raising them no I'm the not point. raising them no. but also there's something very very beautiful and fortunate that he gets to dote on yours. Not to say that, because listen, you were always open. I remember from our last podcast yes. that if you met a guy who came with six kids, and I remember we joked about it, like, oh, you'll have 13 kids. Uh-huh. And you were like, yeah. Yeah. And you would. And you'd love them to death. But the point is, is that there's a certain blessing in the fact that you get to just have him dote on yours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> that was something I did not think about. You didn't even anticipate. I didn't. I didn't. I, it Do you never... look at that as a blessing from Hashem? Absolutely. Do you feel blessed right now? I, a hundred percent to have a second chance like this? Yeah. I can't feel any other way. Do you walk around in a state of blissful joy, or are you still somewhat? I need to no. know. Wait, Mafia, this is this is crucial for all the listeners. Are you currently in a state of blissful euphoria, or are you still struggling in some ways? I'm always struggling in some ways, but I am so. I, when I wake up in the morning and I think about like what I have, I'm so grateful. So you mean you're getting butterflies around him? Oh yeah, totally. I. Whenever I see him, I'm like, I can't, Malky, this is, ha- this is, this is happening to your life. This is here and now. Like, this actually happened, you know? And it happened on my terms, which is nuts. Okay, I need to ask you a hard question. Mm-hmm. Is there any comparisons? Do you, no, do you find because they're so different. That? So there's no such thing as, oh, he They was- have some of the same qualities, okay. which I think is also God's gift to me because he knows. And it's the good qualities. Good qualities. <laughs> the best qualities. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like, I said to him, like, one time when he was, like, cleaning up after, like, a Shabbos meal and I was, like, sitting on the couch. Stop right there. I swear. He cleaned up after the Yes. Sh- Beautiful. Yes. You need to say no more. Let's close but up the I podcast. Had the same, but I had the same thing. Yeah, I, I know, had the same thing. I, I didn't he know. How would that. I have known on JWED that this guy was, like, a little bit of a, like, a neat freak? Like, he loved loves making he loves order that's he great loves for order you. and i hate order correct that's a perfect match <laughs> so, he's gonna get your house in order he's what do you think get... what do you think we're doing every week you're like no you're like, you're like why do you people think like, i'm engaged yeah. no 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 god <laughs> I'm forbid kidding. but i'm people, kidding no people think like they when they would watch my stories of every week you know first it was the snow day when i was purging then and last week it was the basement we tackled different rooms because we were practically thinking like where is he gonna put his stuff Correct. And then I was like, wait, I have 15 years of, of stuff. stuff. And children and their stuff. Yes. And yeah. And this stuff is just taking up room. It doesn't mean So he's mean helping anything. you declutter. Yeah. So we're decluttering and I love it because it best. also, oh, yeah. it lightens you emotionally. For it sure. literally lifts an emotional load. Every time I have a giveaway bag mm-hmm. and I place it in the trunk of my car and I drop it off by one of these charity places, yeah. I drive away feeling lighter. I feel like, look at me, I'm doing something good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it's a it's a mutually beneficial thing. You're giving things that you are holding on to for God knows why. Right. Why do you have this stuff stuffed in your closet? Right. You know? I, I don't even know why it was there. It was taking You know what's up- so crazy? This just happened to me that I finally just just last week I organized my dresser drawers. Yeah. Which I couldn't open. They were so stuffed. <laughs> and every day I went to work and I wore this shirt that you're looking at. Because that's the top one on top. It's amazing. And who bother looking for Yes, yes. And the last week one night I was like, you know what, enough. And I poured out up to the ceiling piles of things yes. and I made two humongous garbage bags and then a few days later I'm admire you know you admire it for a few days yes. it's still new to you and I'm like look how neat and look but then I had a moment one day where I was like I have so much less but I feel like I have so much more yes. now I have five sweaters but I'm gonna wear all five and I had I just had that feeling of less is more yes absolutely that's what I wrote about this week it's so ch- it's less is more you Did know you? I didn't read it yes you mean it's coming up yeah, it's like coming out tonight 
that's like a psychic feeling that, <laughs> that I just said that. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yes. And but actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So onto your writing for a minute. Okay. You've been sharing every bit of your life. Yeah. For almost three years. Yes. And I really mean that you share a lot. Okay. Meaning you're not somebody that holds back, which is I think. Do you why think? You're, I hope it's not inappropriately. I think I'm pretty good with. Not my, at all. Okay, no, good, I, did, yeah. I meant it as a compliment. Okay, good. <laughs> because I find that you share in a way that it, it really engages everyone to want it, to want to like get to know you and yeah. follow you and understand you and. Thank you. Listen, if you're going to be too generic, people are not interested. The fact that you open up your heart and soul is what makes people love you. That's the beauty of everybody's story. Absolutely. It's so I, like tailor made for them. Correct. And everyone can relate in their own way. And to they it. could learn, and they could like really just like have you know an in on a life that they think they know a lot about but they actually don't are you now invested in this because it's such a part of your life this it's whole so writing weird part? i have to tell Do you, you uh, this is i guess this is my question i've yeah. read this before the podcast is it now this stressful commitment or is it a part of my life i'll never give up i think it's both um okay when i started writing and i'm sure we discussed this last time i have to like go back to the last podcast i don't remember it but when I started writing and it became like an official thing, I thought to myself, Malky, take this for a year and make it your, your therapy when you're not in therapy. Just write out your feelings. There's something that I, I know it's like a clinical thing even. Like there's something very cathartic. It's very therapeutic to write down your feelings it gives your body room for new emotion it's a release it's a release and you read it back and you're like oh that's it i wasn't sure of how i was feeling and now i see it in paper and now i totally know and now i have room to create like i don't have to keep brooding on relief and happiness and future feelings that don't have anything to do with the bitterness and the guilt and the whatever else i'm feeling because it's out it's out. It's done. But are there weeks where you know there's a deadline and you're like, I don't oh want to write anything. God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was one, it was really funny. Well, it was one week that I think it was Shavuos time. Um, Matze Shavuos was like, it was like we had a deadline like the next morning and I got a let, uh, email from my editor and she was like, where's the article? And I was like, you're funny. Did you just go through the same yentif as I did? There is none. I'm sorry. There is none, you know? And I, I didn't want to be... But I thought to myself for a second, how was she possibly thinking? She probably thought I'd, like, doubled up, and I wrote two the oh, week before. yeah. And I'm like, guys, I'm not a writer. <laughs> it's just me. It's just my life. I happen to be writing about it, but, like, this is not my occupation. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how this happens. Like, you, so, you come back, like, three years later, and you're thinking, how did this become my life? Right. You know? Like, when did I all of a sudden have now deadlines? I'm a writer. Yes! Yeah. Yes. And it's just like, it's funny because I said, I'm skipping this week. And it was like, you're skipping this week? What? You've never skipped a week. What are we going to put on the front cover? Literally, they put an ad in the paper and they're like, she's going to be back next week. And I was like, what, guys? No. <laughs> Don't well, do that. But that's how invested your followers are, I guess. Like I guess. Looking for it and waiting for it. I guess so. And really, usually all I have to do is just take um, a, um, a, a minute break. of my life in the week it could be literally a minute or 10 minutes it could be something that happened that week it used to be all wrapped up about like grief and loss and then at some point I'm not sure when it was but I would I I was reading something back and I thought to myself could we just change it now like enough could we just change it now we've beaten this we've beaten it until it's like on the floor yeah let's let's not be a one-trick pony right let's talk about happy (laughs) 
Since and there's it was so before many I started other, dating, you know? there's so many other parts so of many other parts. Malky's life. It's not just about grief. Every person is multidimensional. Correct. They have so many things happening in their life you know, at the same time, you know? So why can't it be about something funny or something happy? Why can't it be about my appliances dying? Why, and it has can, been. It's been everything, yeah. you know? But for a long time, it was just about me getting it out. Get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. You'll feel better, you'll feel better for you. And then I was like, okay, now let's try to do something new. At some point, I thought to myself, they're going to be like, okay, thank you so much for your service. You can go now. Um, and that didn't happen. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder to myself, because sometimes the deadline is a little bit um, uh, burdensome. Sometimes it's a little bit like um, anxiety ridden. Like, what am I going to like pull out of my hat this week? I have no idea. I have a lot going on, like everybody else. Um, people have even commented to me about it. They're like, when do you do this? And I'm like... Like at night, like between, you know, yeah. 12 and 2. <laughs> I don't know. Right. In the middle of the night. Right. I, I'm, I, I don't even know. You know, and I do it on my iPhone. I don't sit at a computer. You know, I don't have a tablet. So speaking, of, but speaking of time and time consumed with things, how do you have such time for social media? Because your Instagram is another big one. You dedicate a lot of time to that. That is my, first of all, it's my hobby. Um, second of all, it's second nature. I don't even think I, I just I do things on the spot I don't plan it it's just done like I went to the gift show the other day and I thought to myself what would people love to see at this gift show this is something that they would love to see this is fun so you enjoy it you don't ever find that to be stressful that you feel like oh I should be posting this I have to post this oh I haven't posted enough today I want to know honestly the only time I've ever no I, I actually like there are days that I actually don't have any material and you know on those days there's like maybe like four stories and one will include making macaroni yeah right but I mean but you're a foodie so that's fine but I'm saying like do you ever feel like oh I need to be posting I need to be getting something on sometimes there sometimes I'll feel like that and then I think to myself Malky let's 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 just like reason re- reason with yourself for a second this is fun and people take this seriously and it, it's a job and you know you get whatever people but at the end of the day let's be a present person let, yeah. Let, let's 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 talk about priorities for a second right now. It's okay? actually a good point because I do feel like the whole social media thing sometimes takes me out of the present. Absolutely. You're so busy posting the picture that did you really even enjoy the vacation? Exactly. Kind of thing, you know. Exactly. You know, and it's so true. I was in Arizona for a winter break. And we went, we did this like escape the room, and the but it was on golf court. It was golf carts because they took us around to different landmarks in Arizona. Ooh, in nice. Scottsdale. It was so cool. And the one the first thing. Wait, she is did, that where is that where he's from? No, we went, we just went on vacation. Where is he from? He's from St. Louis originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So um, we went to St. Louis because I didn't want to go to Florida. That was like the first requirement. Anything let it but not Florida. be Florida. Yeah. And let it be warm. Yeah. And so it, and was, it was, it was amazing. It was just a great vacation. And it was, and, and, and your, so and your kids there. were with you? They loved it. Yes. Was that the me. first time you all vacationed as a family? We went to Florida last year. No, but I mean with him. Yes. How was it? It was amazing. So how was your kid's relationship with him? How was it meeting him? How was how did they react? Oh my to him? gosh! So each kid was different, you know. Um, the little ones obviously had met him. Um, and right they during were, like, the summer. Super, yeah, they were cool about it. They were like, "Great!" Yeah, you know, we got to dinner together, and like, you know, Rosie would ask him, "Can you be my daddy?" One more person to love. <laughs> Yes, it was, you know, yeah, they were, but it was just like a learning experience. Exactly. You know, but they were just so, I could tell with my seven year old, especially he, he really craved it and he wanted that. He needed it. Yeah. He needed it. And the big one. And I, listen, I know there are people that, you know, will 
live through this loss and will raise their children and their children will say, oh, my mother was such a warrior. She was a single mom. She was so strong. She was an incredible role model and awesome. That's great, you know, but I also, I know and feel that my boys and even Rosie, my boys need a father figure beyond my father. They need somebody. Okay, but Malky, yeah. you were a warrior. And you were the person you just described to perfection. Right. And they will say that about you. Right. And the fact that now, three years later, you have found love and companionship with an amazing person who could also add to their lives doesn't take away from that. You're right. You're both. Yeah. It's true. And you're giving them something phenomenal. You're adding a beautiful dimension to their lives. I hope. I, I Listen, I'm not going to say I hope so. I know. I know I am. I know. Well, listen, we always hope, you know, we know nobody, can, nobody's going to foretell course, the future, of course, you know, of course. So, but when the big, when the big boys met him, yeah, that was an easy, easy go. <laughs> 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 I like that wicked witch laugh. Um, not as easy as little ones. Because they were hesitant for you to have anyone. Like, what is happening here? Yeah. What is, what is he doing? Yeah. What are we, what are, what are the objectives here what are we doing with this guy and what do you mean he's moving into our house what is he gonna be what role is he taking on we're not we're not replacing anybody right and i was like and we'd have listen we had a couple of uh showdowns Mm -hmm. and i was like we're not replacing anybody but i'm gonna be real with you right now he's not here and he's not coming back so what do you want to do do you want me and you to have somebody new in our life that can make us happy and do great things with us and have that element of, you know, life that he's already lived that can contribute greatly to our life? Or do you want me to do this alone? And their response? And struggle. Yeah. It was. They got it. Yeah. And since then, they've grown to care for him. Oh, yeah. And he speaks their language. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a sports lover. Okay. So he knows how to engage. He's very smart about it. He knows, like, what to say. He's, like, very into stats. He's very into, like, every sport that they love. And I'm he just, just curious. Yeah. He, he's already done with raising his children. Yeah. He's already a grandfather. Yeah. Do you, did, did he anticipate taking this on? Was he looking to start over with children? I... I, listen, I know that he had dated women in the past that had kids that were... I don't think it was ever a... I don't think it was ever a... Like, he never ruled it out. Because if he had ruled it out, then he never would have messaged me on the dating app. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so that wasn't that like a... initial conversation. It wasn't like when, a big decision for him to start no, over now with raising children. No, no. And I would save him... By the way, I can't even tell you how many times I would look at him mid meltdown of one of my children on a random day during dinner I would look at him and be like run I won't even be upset this run. is your chance run I won't be I won't be mad don't worry just go and he'd be like I will never I know you were saying that jokingly but was there a part of you that worried that these are my kids and we've got our set of issues like mm-hmm. everybody does mm-hmm. and they've got their moments and their tantrums and their mishigasim mm-hmm. were you ever worried like for him to see this whole full truth or the whole full picture? Not or... worried. Actually, I was um, excited. I needed him to see it. Like, as soon as possible, I needed him to see it. I was very... Dating does not look the same when you're 41 years old. You know, I, I wrote about it last week. I was like, uh, what was I complaining about when I dated at 20? 
What would I? What did I have to do already? I was. What was I? I was like annoyed that I had to do my hair. What was it? I had to look pretty. Do you know what dating in your forties looks like with no, kids? No, I don't. Tell me. It's a. Nightmare. I'd like to know. Tell me. You don't want to know about it. Tell it's me. not fun. Okay. Like you have to be aware that like you're wearing a clean shirt. You know, and yeah. you're like looking down during the meal. And you're like, oh, oh, there's some of Rosie's dinner on my shirt. <laughs> Um, there, it <laughs> there it is. What's that smell? You oh, gotta get, you gotta get fa- FaceTime calls from your children mid date, constantly. Oh, it's just oh, it's just, you need to. It, it's just merging two lives that are completely established, and it, it's you think to yourself, how do, how is this gonna work? How is this possible? And then it happens, and you're like, wait, it's like the same idea that we were talking about before. How like grief takes different shapes, and you don't even realize the subtleties. It's the same kind of thing. You are embarking on a new relationship and like every day that passes, every little meltdown that happens, every, you know, date that, you know, we go to stop and shop for where I have to just replenish the milk and the and the eggs, all that stuff, it strengthens a relationship. And it's not doing dinner out in the city where you're on your best behavior. It's living real life, nitty gritty stuff that nobody wants to do. But I'm like, you want you want a piece of this? Come, let me show you what my life is like. If you want it, it's yours. And he wants it. Yeah. And you're so happy. Yeah. Really. Really, really happy. I People are always, like, asking me questions about that. And I'm like, it's, I feel like a, I feel peace. Do you? Yeah. It's That's... not like, it's not the kind of happiness where, like, oh, my God. It's, like, not a 20-year-old happiness where you're like, oh, my God. I'm no, but married. you used, used the best word. what married is until you're married and you have your first disagreement. And you're like, how am I going to do this? That's married. Married isn't all flowers and, 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 and you know, joy and, and roses. It's, it's hard. And now you feel peace. And I'm just like, if there's anybody in life that I would want to do this with, it's with him. And there was no second guessing. There was no doubt. It was just certainty. No, no, no. It seemed right. There were just so many things. Yeah. There were just so many things that just, like, worked, you know? But they worked so effortlessly without effort you know when like you're friends with somebody and you're like it's amazing I don't remember I was ever really having a fight yeah or or even just it's just so easy it's easy yeah it's easy you like there's relationships and you're like yeah going to be I don't easy. have to pretend I don't have yes. to impress I'm not thinking about what to I say. say whatever I yes. want and yes. they'll never judge me unfavorably yes. they'll just laugh one minute so this just dawned upon me uh-huh. now you're planning a wedding yeah one minute because that I didn't can I tell you the craziest thing Go for it. I knew you were engaged mm-hmm. I knew you were getting married mm-hmm. But I forgot that you're going to have a wedding. So the thing is, I'm not doing a wedding the way other people's weddings look. You're eloping in Vegas. I would love to elope <laughs> in Vegas. <laughs> it's going to look a little different. Um, I am a highly insecure. I'm a highly insecure. I'm a self-conscious person. Um, I didn't have much of a good time at my first wedding in front of <laughs> 750 people. Um, so and that I, was when you were 20. <laughs> exactly. So, so to stave from having a panic attack at my wedding... I'm going to do a very intimate, family-oriented ceremony, and we're going to have a party for Shaver Bajos with okay. people. Yeah. I do not have any need to get married the same way I did when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Absolutely none. People do not have to witness it. I will have Aiden there. Um, the only people that deserve to be there are the people that were in, in, in this with me yes. for the last three years. Yeah. Nobody else gets to see this. Simple as that. But nonetheless, 
do you find yourself fantasizing about it and picturing it and dreaming about it and thinking about it? No, I actually just want it to be over. Oh. I am not that girl. I am not a party person. I had to make a bar mitzvah in December. I know. And I, I thought to myself, let's just get through this, get through this, get through this. And it was wonderful. And he was over the moon happy. And it was beautiful. And it worked out so well. And I was so happy the party was over. Because mm-hmm. I just want to live life. Mm-hmm. With a person. Yeah. I don't want a ceremony. I don't want a party. None of the hoopla. I don't like it. I know. I've never liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. have a bar mitzvah. I don't like it. I don't like these milestones, these things that people make a big deal about. No, so I think that your idea is perfect. I know. Something small and intimate with mm-hmm. the people that matter most to you. Yeah. And get the job done. That's it. And we show up to a party and we're already married. Yes. That's it. Yes. You know? I love that. And, and this is going to happen soon? Yeah. Like in a month soon. In a month? Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> Why wait? What's the point? No point. No point. We no. we're already living this life. We're already we're done. We've like he's seen ev- like he's seen like every part of, you know, this the inner workings of our life. And he's still here. And he's going to move into your house. Um, yes. And, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to look the same. We might I listen, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do construction I don't know if we're gonna do something mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's not you know and we've had so many different um we've had so much feedback from people that like maybe we didn't ask for their feedback but you know <laughs> because you know, because people you know that have gone through a, a second marriage feel like let me give you a little bit of my take on yeah. things yeah comes from a, comes from a good place it, uh, oh wait, absolutely but everyone has a different experience of course so and you know something that we actually hold, we hold his opinion in very high regard said to us it's never going to be the same as what you had but you also have to like make it different mm-hmm. make it different and special mm-hmm. not the same as special that's so you true. know it's, yes you know um so we're gonna have to do something to make this his his home too his children live where um israel and toronto and the kids the ones that are in school in new york Oh, so he has some family in New York. Yes. So he wasn't coming here without any family. He also has... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was from the beginning when you met him that he was going to uproot and come here, not that you were going to uproot. yes, that was the first thing. Honestly, that was also one of the things. That it was The first thing was the kids being mm-hmm. older, which I felt like was a huge... Um, Positive. Po- advantage. And then the other thing was that, you know, I had been set up with guys in the past that, you know, were from Cleveland. And, you know, it would be understood that because I don't have any custody arrangement because I have no husband, you can easily relocate. Mm -hmm. But my thing was, I'm not willing to relocate. You don't want to uproot your children. They're happy. And they're happy in this neighborhood. They're thriving here. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, for my happiness, I'm not going to ruin their lives for my happiness. If it was just, if it was that, I would have waited Mm -hmm. until they were older. So this just worked out perfectly. It worked out because I knew that he wasn't, he didn't want to stay there. His kids were raised. They weren't there anymore. He's happy to go. He was, he was going to relocate to New Jersey to be near his siblings. So he was going to move regardless of whether or not this worked. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was like, oh. Even better. Oh my God. He wasn't doing it for you. You want to come to Cedarhurst instead? Wow. (laughs) No, it's really remarkable. It is remarkable. The I mean, timing it's, was amazing. The timing is amazing, and it's all min HaShemayim. It's of all course. from God. It's all so orchestrated, piece by piece. Absolutely. It had to be. And if you look at it like... nobody else. Yeah. No, I wondered about this myself. What guy is going to come into my life and look at all this that's happening here and say, I want it all 
I want the messy, I want the tantrums, I want the five kids that have no father, I want the trauma, I want the, the meltdowns, I want all of it. I want all of it, because I want you. And if it's you with everything else, I'm gonna take it. I didn't think it was possible. You didn't think it existed? No. You didn't think that could be possible for you? No. It just didn't seem like a, po- a in the realm of think possibility. About it. Right. Think about it. And that's why I'm doing this. I think to myself, you need to tell people that... Looking back now, yeah. from this vantage point, uh-huh. do you wish you could like go back to Malky of the past three years and be like, it's going to happen for you. Don't I have tell any despair. That. Even when I didn't believe it, I told myself that. I, I, would, I would read these. I read a lot of books. I read books about... Uh, manifestation. I read yeah. books about af- affirmations. I I do mirror work. I literally look in the mirror and I tell myself things. Yeah. It people would see me and think you're actually certifiable. She's gone you're, off the deep you're, end. You're done. Yeah. But when I tell you this stuff actually works, I'm not joking. When you tell yourself somebody loves me and he is in my life, he will walk through my door any day. I know it. I I have a friend from Rockaway that met him like on Hanukkah. And she's very into this stuff. And no, some people will be like, you know, they're all about facts and science and this and that. She said, you manifested this guy into your life. It otherwise just doesn't make any sense. Well, to be honest with you, I know manifestation is a big trendy word now, but I, I, I just use the same word called tefillah. I think prayer. Is prayer word. is the old-fashioned word yes, for manifestation. Yes, yes. And yes, you talk about something, you believe in something, you hope for something, you pray for something, you communicate with a higher spirit for something called God. So Thoughts become words and yes. your words become actions. Yes. And if you think to yourself, I want out of this life, I want out of this space, this mindset, I want to be happy, I want to look forward to every day. I want to do it with a partner. I want somebody to love me. I want to... And by the way, your openness to it is also what brings it in. It has to. You have to be you, open. You're, you're open to the idea And I was that... open, by the way, before him. I was open with people that my friend would be like, oh, I'm so proud of you that you're doing this, but wow, he was crazy. <laughs> and I'd be like, you're right. But you know what? Next one, maybe won't be. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have. Putting all yourself you have, out you there. You have hope. Yeah. All you have to have is hope that maybe the next guy you want with will be your one. It'll be your person. It's always possible. And so here we are now, mm-hmm. and you're in this, Baruch Hashem, you're in this amazing place. Yeah. You're happy. You're, you're healing. Uh-huh. Their children are thriving. You fell in love. You're getting married. What, what's next? What, what's next on the horizon here? What's coming? <gasps> Living life. Just normalcy. Normalcy. Um, just living life in a different... I, I Listen, it's just... I, I, I do things very organically. And I don't think to myself, what's next? It just happens. And as things are presented, we live through them. We tackle them. We communicate with them we laugh with them we we stress about them but we we just go through it we go through Maki, it what were your parents you know because i know your parents a long time uh-huh what was their reaction when you said this is it it was it wasn't even a thing i didn't say this is it it was something it was coming slowly it just sort yeah. of yeah it just sort of happened naturally it happened naturally and they must be over the moon they're so happy they're really happy they're happy because they see me happy yeah and they know that he's like he's a, a he's great an guy. amazing guy. Yeah. Well, I just met him, and he mm-hmm. is an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even in my conversation just now, mm-hmm. is just something very special. He's engaging. He's friendly. He's open. Yeah. 
he doesn't play games um he's he's just he's genuine you know and he fell in love with you Listen, I mean, hello, it's me. <laughs> hello, have you seen me? Where's the mirror? <laughs> Sometimes, like, right now, I'm, like, standing in front of you with, like, a T-shirt, I mean, a sweatshirt, and a, you know, skirt. That's the way I, when I wake up in the morning, this is what I wear. And, you know, when he comes in the door and he sees me like that, I'm like, look at, look at what you got. Look what you scored. And he's like, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. And he's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. It's amazing. And listen, I mean, um, Okay. Who am I to uh, make him feel any differently? I wish that the people listening to this podcast could see your face right now. Why? I wish this was like a video. Oh, not God, just no. Well, 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 okay. Not for the sense that we didn't get all dressed up. Yeah. Just because of your smile. Ah, uh, thank I'm being, you. Your, your smile right now, your face is like glowing. Do you know what it's like to, you don't know what it's like, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway, just so you have an idea of what it is. To be stuck in a life that you did not sign up for and to raise, you know, to, to keep, keep a brave face on for your children, do homework with them, get them the tutors, do dinner, do bedtime. And at the end of the day, you are sitting on your couch alone and think to yourself, how am I going to let, how am I going to get the next five hours before I have to go to sleep? Like, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to keep myself positive and not think about the fact that I am the age I'm at and I have nobody in my life? And that's all I really want. How am I going to do that? And then some a short time passes and all of a sudden you want to watch TV again. You want to put on the Olympics. You want to watch a Netflix show because you're doing it with somebody that you really love spending time with. And it could be anything. Grocery shopping is like a favorite of ours. <laughs> Who likes to grocery shop? Nobody. Nobody likes to grocery shop. But when you have a person in your life that you want to do the most mundane, boring, pointless things with, it everything takes on a new, a new joy, a new happiness, a new like, you know, anything. It's just it. You don't even realize like all the things in life that you would dread doing alone is suddenly just like happy because you get to do it with somebody. So once upon a time, Malki was speaking to God and saying, why me? Yeah. And now what is Malki saying to God in her quiet moments? Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) Thank you that it's me. Thank you that it's me. Thanks for giving me like a new, uh, a second chance. Yeah. And for like doing the things that like I might have missed the first time around that I probably should have done better because I was in a different stage and having kids and maybe I didn't ask Maishi about his day as frequently as I should and I, I want to be aware of that stuff and not make that same mistake again like I want to do better you know and even if he can't be here for that like I always have him in my mind like I'm always gonna have him in mind and just make sure he knows that like like he taught me a tremendous life lesson so you still speak to him sometimes? Of course. Every of course, every day. We share children. Every day. I mean, he's not limited to a physical body. No. No. So, of course I talk to him. Sometimes I say to him, like, I really don't appreciate that you're never coming around. <laughs> <laughs> I really could use help with carpool. Yeah. 
And this guy that I started dating had to start doing carpool like two weeks after we met. <laughs> he doesn't appreciate it either, you know? But I'm telling you, of course I have conversations with him all the time. I also have, I have guilt. I have guilt about not being as present as I should have been. Even if things were good. I mean, listen, you can always, you can always like look back and think to yourself, things should have been better. Things could have been better. And I feel guilty that I didn't give that to him. Even if he was happy. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And hindsight is 2020 and we always look back and always nitpick and find. Of course. Of course. But like we said in the beginning, we got to just stay focused on the right now, right? Absolutely. Stay focused on the right now and, and in the present moment. Absolutely. And being appreciative. Tremendously. For the countless blessings. Of course. I, I I feel very, very blessed. Despite everything that I've had to go through, I feel extremely lucky that I'm able to have this new this new chance. And I think that's really yeah. I think that's really the bottom line, I guess, is that no matter what anybody's going through, because everyone's yeah. going through something. Of course. That to always keep in mind that they're there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there are good things ahead and there are positive experiences yet in store, but you can't get too stuck in, in the pain. You got to keep your eye on the you fact that... You just have to that move through the pain. You got to move through it. <laughs> you got to move... Right, you got to keep moving. One foot through. in front of the other. The only way round is through. Yes. That's a very important thing. Who wrote it? It's like a famous um, author, but it really does make sense. Like, you cannot avoid it you can't go you have to go through it that's the only way you're gonna get to the other side lately i find myself saying a lot you got to ride the waves of you know course. you're in the ocean and those waves to. try to knock mm-hmm. you down you're gonna fight them you're gonna get knocked down don't fight it. you ride the waves it could actually be um an interesting that's almost what, pleasant that's experience ther- that's what therapy is that's what you know communication is yeah. sometimes you have to really discuss things that you'd rather not there these are things that you'd want to just avoid mm-hmm. you know there's denial there's there's so many different crutches that we have in life that we can just turn to instead of just talking and doing the things we really don't want to but you do those and then you look back and you're like I did it and and you're almost like a superhuman yeah like you think about what you did and you're like wow I did that yeah I didn't know I was capable absolutely absolutely um I was talking with my therapist like right before we started the podcast I was on my my therapy session lucky you because that's like when I'm most present most Mm -hmm. enlightened I feel like just very connected and I was talking about how my son David my 14 year old just ran the high life my marathon he did the half marathon last week and when I would tell people that he was doing it and like they'd ask me how long has he been training and I said um he didn't and they were like well how long did he run for I said um two and a half hours he ran for 13 miles wow and they were like that's remarkable but how and then I thought to myself because he had another kid in his class that did the same thing that lost his sister just a few months ago and I thought to myself there's got to be a correlation with children of that age or of any age really going through unimaginable loss and then they're presented with an opportunity to run a marathon and they do it and they get through it and it's like why is that a big deal you know why it's not a big deal because i've gone through even more even worse even you know bigger things in life and i got through that too so a run i could do a run yeah it's taking the pain and it becomes your adrenaline Mm -hmm. yeah i love that well i couldn't be happier for you (laughs) Thank you. And I'm so thrilled that this is our conversation right now. 
Thank you. And I'm so excited.